0: Caution, assholes at play. I like to send a shout out to my homeboy, OJ Simpson. Keep up the good work, baby.
1: Too less we got to worry about. You understand? Call
0: me an asshole. One more time. See that man there? He's a real a-hole.
1: He's also a huge asshole.
0: This is the cap cast motherfucker. <laughs> Great American Cast, episode four.
1: The Cat hey. <laughs> Welcome. I'm Ranger Ross.
0: I'm Dan Spivey.
1: Oh God! Could you not be Dan Spivey?
0: <laughs> oh, Dan Spivey, Jesus, he's going to be a topic of conversation. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, he's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna get some attention.
0: Yeah, he is. Jesus. Uh, he should have never, ever been in a wrestling ring in my eyes, But
1: For to- those of you, I mean, those of you that don't know, because nobody knows until you listen to it, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about the Great American Bash 89 because, you know, this week we got the uh, 4th of July. So figured it would be appropriate. Just randomly picked it. I don't think I'd ever, I I definitely never saw this.
0: Neither did I, and it's episode four on top of it.
1: Right, right. Oh, uh, I didn't even think about that. That's cool.
0: That's what makes it even crazier. It's like this just fits so well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I really, wow, I didn't even put that together.
0: Yeah, it, it's bizarre. I it dawned on me today. Oh wow, yeah. I was taking a shit at work.
1: <laughs> <I'm> Day <afraid laughs> to sit down. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, that says a lot about our podcast. No, it's let
1: good. Me, let me go on the way back machine. I can probably provide some more insight for this pay-per-view, aside from watching it. Yeah. I know they started out with this fucking... <laughs> it is such an 80s-like intro.
0: <laughs> That's one of my notes, 80s strong music.
1: Oh, strong. And the visuals, like, they were just, they didn't even, like, show, I don't think they showed the wrestlers, they were just showing the city of Baltimore in the arena.
0: Dude, That's the first thing I wrote down, was Baltimore Farms. It was a farm that started a wrestling show. Like, I understand they're trying to show America and things of that nature, but it's like, this is wrestling. This isn't Dick Clark, 4th of July. <laughs> you know what i mean
1: Bob right, Hope. Right, right. Boy, whatever.
0: whoever was popular back then i can't i can't think tiffany fourth of july All in oh this was the
1: uh this was the fifth bash <clears throat> which means i guess they started in 1984 yep uh this was still this was before wcw was its own thing so it was wcw but it was still under the nwa banner so everybody like the belts the they had the same belts but what you notice in the show is that they're the nwa like it was like the the nwa u.s title i mean the big gold belt never changed it was just it was the nwa championship until the wcw was its own thing Wow, look at that. 14,500 at the Baltimore Arena. Yep. (laughs) The tagline The Glory Days. The Glory Days. Summertime in
0: America. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and the NWA. Turner
1: Home Entertainment patriotically presents live Great American Bash 89. The Glory Days. On Sunday, July 23rd, see all the stars of the NWA. Witness the incredible war games as ten powerful men locked inside a steel cage. Battle overwhelming odds until submission or surrender determines the victor. Plus, the finals of the Triple Crown King of the Hill Double Ring Battle Royale and the ultimate featuring the return to professional wrestling of six-time world heavyweight champion Nature Boy Ric Flair who faces for the first time his attacker Terry Funk. Plus. Bing, the Great Muta, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Lex Luger, and much, much more. The
0: Great American Bash '89 live on pay-per-view. It opens with the double ring and Jim Ross talking and introducing Bob Cottle. God.
1: Oh, dude! <laughs> I yeah. didn't know I didn't know who that was because he pretty much sounded like Tony Schiavone to me, and I thought it was Tony Schiavone <laughs> until uh, JR called him Bob, <laughs> and I was like, "Who the fuck is Bob?" <laughs> Oh, get out of here. Get your Dude, noises. Bob,
0: every time he's ever been on camera, he has like a robotic arm, it almost looks like. like. And he stands like a robot and tries to turn. The only thing that moves is his head. He's like, we're going to have a great time here with these wrestling fans.
1: Stay tuned. You know what I mean? It's oh, like, you look weird. He was, uh, he, yeah, he was one of those that, yeah. <laughs>
0: He just didn't fit the mold, dude.
1: Yeah.
0: And Ross is in his prime.
1: Oh, Ross, yeah. He it was a young Ross.
0: Yeah. Well, just starting his prime, put it that way.
1: He was on fire and you saw like the uh you saw who his uh his favorites were. His oh boy. My God. He did not shut the fuck up about these people.
0: Oh no, he did not. Oh Jesus! So we'll to uh, what, what uh, the first
1: match? Yeah, it was that uh, it was that bad? It was like the <laughs> it was their fake uh, King of the Ring. I don't know.
0: It was Kevin Sullivan, Mike Rotunda, Scott Hall, Hillman, Doctor Death, Sid, Spivey. Oh, here. Uh, who else was in it? There's a lot of people, and I couldn't keep up with all of them.
1: Hold on a second.
0: Oh you know what? Let's see right here. Oh jeez.
1: How I can't yeah, are sorry.
0: No, it's not <laughs> I'm not being professional. I didn't have all the participants.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to trying to find this. Because it was a lot of dudes.
0: Here we go. Um let's see. Get out. Oh jeez. The Road Warriors, The Midnight Express, The Fabulous Freebirds, which were Garvin, Hayes, and Terry Gordy, The Simone Swat Team, Samu and Fatu. Um, that's who was in the War Games match. Jesus.
1: Yeah, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys did double duty on the show too. Like, yes, they did. I I do distinctly remember, like right after that Battle Royal, Brian Pillman had a match, like right after. Yep. This was a funny it was kind of a funny ending though. Uh (laughs) it ended up one they the what did they do? It was like they put some guys in one of the rings, some guys in the other rings, and the last two guy the the last guy in each ring had to fight each other. Yep. There was um, uh
0: Eddie Gilbert, Irwin, Ranger Ross. Um, Kevin Sullivan, said, Vicious, Spivey. Okay, so oh, we'll, it's a couple.
1: I see. Okay, I see it now what, what it was here. It was the match consisted of two rings. The rules were that once a competitor was tossed out of the first ring, he would battle in the second ring. last competitor standing in the first ring would be the winner of the first ring, and the eliminated participants would compete in the second ring. last competitor of the second ring would compete against the winner of the first ring in a standard match. Yeah, there's all the you would already named them off. Yeah, <sighs> fucking Ranger Ross.
0: <laughs> oh, Ranger Ross, I would say
1: something about no idea who that guy was. I have no
0: idea either. I mean, fucking Ranger Ross, Jesus.
1: So, so anyway, the, the the end of this match, it came down to Dan Spivey and Sid Sid Vicious. And they were a tag team, and Teddy Long was their manager. So he cut this promo on how they weren't going to fight, but uh, they they would split the money.
0: Oh, my God. It's one of them storylines. It's like, okay. It makes sense, though, at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, nowadays they would just have these two dudes fight each other. They wouldn't even try anything funny. They
0: would have, you know, two belts that go together once you put them together, but they're half belt <laughs> <well> each. <laughs> Fucking goofballs.
1: Uh, another uh, Doctor Death was in here. This, this is where it comes back to Jr. And holy Death, shit, Death, Dr. Death, Doctor <laughs> Death. He was all over this guy. Oh, can he overcome the odds? It's two on one. You can uh, yeah, definitely
0: hear in his voice that they really were best friends, and he was really, like, he thought Dr. Death was God.
1: Yeah, dude. Even later when, like, uh, I mean, I thought Dr. Death was cool, like, back in the day, but... Like, there were some guys that didn't translate to, like, uh, like, when they brought some of those guys to WWF, they didn't translate, and I just thought Dr. Death didn't fit, dude.
0: No, he didn't make any sense, and he was past his prime.
1: Yeah, it, it, like, I, I didn't, like, not respect a guy or anything, but, like, he just didn't fit. There were guys like that, like.
0: It was Japan. It, it was Japan. That's the oh thing. for sure like him. You, Stan Hansen and Brody well not Brody Brody was still a draw in America but um it's like Stan Hansen It's the same thing
1: oh absolutely uh all right uh oh yeah like I said like some of these guys pulled double duty and immediately after this oh wait going back to this I just remembered something is that they what is it uh Sid and Brian Pillman were going at it. In the one ring,
0: yeah, and And the dive across box.
1: Sid ducked him and backdropped him in between the rings, and they were like, "Oh, Pillman's eliminated." But then, like five minutes later, in the other ring, I see them throwing Pillman out again, and I was like, "They just said he was eliminated."
0: Like, (laughs) what the (laughs) hell? Right, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
1: that was it. Was weird, and. Dance Spivey is terrible. I'm just watching him power bomb people and fucking get scared.
0: Oh my god. UJ <laughs> was, was fucking up the styles clash for a couple of years.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Uh so yeah, like I was like I was saying, the the some of these guys pulled double duty, and the very next match, Brian Pillman fought wild Bill Irwin. Hey now.
0: Oh my god. So
1: it's actually Match, dude,
0: was it? Was I'm going back. Didn't Gordon Soli talk before the match?
1: Yeah, after I believe after the battle royal, before almost all the matches, they I remember them introducing. They they said that they were gonna be talking with their like it, it was like they said something weird, it was like WNN. Like, our WNN correspondent, Gordon Soley, and it was basically just, he was just backstage interviewing the people before their matches or whatever.
0: Yeah, I believe that was the World Wrestling Network that they used to advertise all the time back in the day, okay. which was just the NWA network, I believe, at the same time. Oh. But when I saw Gordon Soley, he looked like he should have been on the fucking Walking Dead. He looked fucking Horrible. <laughs> horrible. horrible. <laughs> Fucking Halloween mask. It's like, yo, you got fucking Gordon Soley looking like this? Put some makeup on this old man or something. You guys yeah, always wear yeah. makeup. You guys are in wrestling. He, Come on. Put something on him. He, he looks fucking... He still had his shit
1: together, though, man. No, he did. He definitely did.
0: I'm introducing this great contest. That's nah, all oh,
1: right okay. He, he was so good. I think... I I feel like... I, I'm not exactly sure, but I definitely remember... I think he was on that fucking, that shit that was on ESPN when I used to come home from school all the time. It was, that or, it, was that, it was that or something else. It was, I I, what it was the shit that was on ESPN was like, uh, I think it was global.
0: Oh, there was global on too, you're right.
1: Yeah. But I don't think he was on there. But I do remember, like, maybe it was maybe USWA. I don't fucking remember, dude. But I used to watch all that shit because it would be on randomly on different shit. Oh, USWA. I do remember seeing Gordon Soley for sure.
0: Remember USWA in Memphis because we're going to have to do something on Memphis one of these days. I agree. Some of the things I've watched that are just on YouTube are phenomenal. It's just... I feel like I'm watching fucking wrestling. Oh, yeah. You you For sure.
1: So, the next match was one of these matches... Like, I think we were talking... When I was texting you earlier, I was like... There were some pretty bad matches, but the ones that you thought would be good were the good ones. Like... This match is the Dynamic Dudes, and if anybody doesn't know who the Dynamic Dudes are, uh, one of the Dynamic Dudes is Johnny Ace, who is actually uh, John Laurinaitis of the uh, People Power fame.
0: Wait a second, we didn't even talk about Pillman and Irwin.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm bugging.
0: Yeah, that's all right, dude. It's cool. We'll get into that one because I got notes for that. But for Pillman and Irwin... Oh, go ahead. The first thing I thought that came across my mind, and I wrote it down because I took a shitload of notes.
1: Okay, Uh,
0: good. Like like too too many notes, I think. But anyway...
1: I do uh, that a lot,
0: dude. Bill Irwin looks like pizza dough and bird shit mixed together. Why does he have no
1: shirt on? Had, you know what I noticed about that guy he had like he didn't have he, he didn't have cowboy boots on dude he had fucking like chaps on his shins.
0: Yeah, it didn't make any sense <laughs> It was like I understand, I understand world class okay Bill Irwin mattered in world class but he sure. did not matter in WCW dude he was no. one of the fucking worst looking wrestlers I've ever seen. He looked like Joey Janela's dad i
1: I didn't think it was gonna be as good a match as it was. Because of the way Bill Irwin looked, I was like, how do these guys' styles match up? Because I know Brian Pillman, the beginning, before Brian Pillman had a bunch of injuries, he was. I mean, fucking JR wouldn't shut up about flying Brian in the Cincinnati Bengals anytime this dude was on the screen. And that goes for not just this pay per view, but TV, all that shit. Because. I think it was, like, a couple years, maybe, like, a year or two later, I I did start watching, like, WCW, like, WCW Saturday night or whatever, and he'd be on there all the time. And they would just not shut the fuck up about the Bengals and him being flying Brian. Uh, But I didn't think this match was going to be good because of Bill Irwin. And I was really surprised in the beginning. They had a nice, like, they had a nice chain wrestling exchange, and it got me into the match. I was into it.
0: Yeah, it, it became a, a really good match. It was, uh, it was surprising. Um, I actually put Ross gets Pillman over well and doesn't shut up. Like you know what I mean. Like it's the same thing you said pretty much. He just kept well, going I... on about Brian. Flying Brian, flying Brian, flying Brian. <laughs> the one thing that I really appreciated was the knee on the head. When Bill Irwin put the knee on the head,
1: yeah, like ah, oh. oh, yes, That's
0: yes, this is how you do. Or, wait, was it Pillman that did it? It was Pillman that did it. Yeah, it was Pillman. My bad. Pillman did it. So. it was like, yes, this is something. It's a rarity today that you don't see. But what? Oh Jesus! I wrote. Bill looks like a drunk uncle who sings shirtless at a country karaoke bar. What the fuck?
1: I- that is spot on. Jesus. Spot on. I mean... I
0: like the ring. A, the ring
1: bro. a doughy white guy with fucking chaps on his shins. Uh, Bill Irwin went. He could go. He went with Brian Pillman, man. It was yeah.
0: surprisingly
1: be- a match that I probably shouldn't have been interested in, but it ended up being pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You got any more notes on this?
0: Um, the only thing I would have is the ring-to-ring throw was really good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was.
0: And the rough crossbody finish.
1: Yeah, that you know what? Him throwing him into the other ring, it, it led into the finish, which was, yeah. It went well. It, it, it flowed well.
0: Yeah, it did. It, like I said, it really surprised.
1: Former All-American at the University
0: of Miami of Ohio, the cradle of coaches, That's where Eric Parsegian, Woody Hayes, Bo Schembechler, many others coached. That's where Brian played. Scoop slam by Wild Bill Irwin, and Pillman has actually pulled about 25 or 30 pounds from his playing weight in the NFL. Really grip. I think his wrestling boots, however, are a little suspect. As I said, suspect wrestling boots. They look like regular cowboy boots that you see throughout
1: the Southwest, especially
0: here in Texas. We could go on to, uh... People power!
1: (laughs) The time... Okay, so as as I skipped the first match and went right into the second match, you should tell I was excited about my favorite wrestler, Johnny (laughs) Ape. John Laurinaitis, as people might know him better as... uh, even as Johnny Ace um he didn't I don't think he had very much success in the United States wrestling but he did wrestle a lot in Japan mm-hmm. and I mean I don't know if he, I, he was in a he had to have been some sort of like it, they they liked him at least because at least as far as I have, like that that Rob Van Dam, what I was talking about last week, the Rob Van Dam in Japan thing, like Johnny Ace was all over this. Like, because there was a lot of tag teams and six-mans on it. But Johnny Ace was all over it. And, I mean, I don't... dude, just didn't translate well to anybody, I guess. But his tag team partner, someone we all know very well, Shane Douglas become the franchise and uh probably he to me he's one of the most underrated talkers ever
0: flair is dead sean <laughs> <Dick Flair. laughs> michaels you can suck my
1: dick yeah dude oh. that was one of the first things that i ever saw from ecw and i was like wow it
0: was, dude, his promos. You're right. He's so underrated. The shit that he said. Um, even the Harry Funk promo, that the, you know, the famous one that they always play.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, if it wasn't for that promo, I mean, it was, I guess, story-wise, li- story it was already shocking because behind the scenes at ECW, Paul Heyman was basically telling the NWA that it was all good and that they were going to make everybody look good and this and that. And they weren't going to do anything to disparage the NWA. And uh, that was not the case. Uh, and Shane Douglas put that move over. Mm-hmm. And basically helped make history, man. Like, and they can all kiss my ass. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I, dude, that's so good. They bought the skyscrapers, and it wasn't dangerous Dan Spivey and mean Mark Callis. No, no, I'm pretty sure mean Mark was on his way to the WWF to become uh, one of the greatest superstars of all time. Yep. Uh, But it was Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey, which uh, JR was oddly enough fucking putting over hard.
0: They needed all the help they can get, especially Dan Spivey.
1: You ain't lying. Like uh, Sid, Sid's okay, dude. Like,
0: yeah, he's all right. You got half the brain that I have,
1: or that you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit, Whatever. can we start over? We're we're pal. We're live, pal. Live, pal. You, the <laughs>
0: skeptics are gonna get their answers tonight.
1: <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> oh fuck. Um, I don't have much about this match because I was out of it. Like, it was not good. Uh sorry,
0: my ankle hurts and my leg and my foot.
1: <laughs> <coughs> at some point, at some point, I almost called them Dean Douglas. Shane... <laughs> Sid put a stomach claw hold on Shane Douglas. What?
0: I'm just stupid. Uh, I have notes, unfortunately.
1: Okay, I want you to go with these notes because there was only one thing that stands out to me was when uh, they tried to set up that combo where uh, Johnny Ace was. On his hands and knees behind Dan Spivey, and then Shane Douglas went for the cross body, and it was one of the worst things I'd ever seen in my life. Oh, it was botchamania. Yeah, it was painful to watch.
0: It, it was it was brutal. It really was. Yeah. Uh, the dynamic dudes should have drowned and choked on these fucking frisbees. Uh, but it was cool for kids at the same time. They just came out like corn dicks.
1: Did you... (laughs) I'm fucking shocked. I want to give Johnny Ace some credit. He picked the fattest kid out of the audience and lifted that kid over the guardrail.
0: Oh, my God.
1: That kid was just missing, like, the fudge from a fudge bar, like... He was just missing that like ring around his mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the shirt that says I fuck on the first date.
1: Yeah, I mean I get it. Like uh they, they were, you know, they were one of those teams where it was like I think what they wanted was the ladies to like them and then also like the that Bret Hart thing where like, you know, Bret Hart would come out and put the glasses on some like a kid. Yeah they were doing frisbees but no one gives a fuck about frisbees like
0: no it it was it just came off corny and cheesy and just like okay so 80s come on Spivey had the worst headbutt ever he missed by a fucking mile there's no way anybody could have believed he fucking hit that guy with that headbutt that he was had
1: the worst e- everything ever
0: oh I'm not even done with that
1: Okay, he, keep going. Keep it going. Huh?
0: <laughs> he goes with this fucking power bomb on Johnny Ace and drops him on his fucking head and almost kills him and cripples him for life.
1: Ugh. Yeah, I saw that. That was, that was rough.
0: Listen, I've seen a lot of people on TV. And some of them I've seen that I've been like, okay, that's one of the worst ones ever. But Spivey has to be the worst. He just constantly fucked. He just didn't belong in wrestling. He just couldn't do it. I'm sorry. It yeah. was just horrible. One of the fucking worst I've ever seen. He has to be up there. Honky Tonks number two, but I think,
1: I think the most glaring thing about this match, and the most glaring thing about Dan Spivey was the moment that he tagged in Sid and the whole crowd cheered for Sid.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I was like, that says a lot about Dan Spivey.
0: <laughs> it sure does.
1: Oh. You got anything else for this match? Because I just want to get it over with.
0: No, I got nothing. Um, the only thing I okay. can think of was just the Ace Crusher was the precursor to the Stunner.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like it was called the Ace Crusher until it was called the Stunner. Same thing. Yeah much. Uh the next <laughs> match I really had I really had a lot of fun with because it was preceded by two of the greatest talkers in professional wrestling. And that was the tuxedo match with Jim Cornette against Paul Lee.
0: Yeah the the, the Cornette promo backstage where he was fired up and ready to kick Paulie's ass. That was a different kind of promo from Jim Cornette. It wasn't yeah, because he was smart-ass shit. He was real serious about it.
1: He was, uh, it was a, re- I believe it was a really rare, like, face, uh, face Jim Cornette.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's what I mean. It was rare face Cornette for sure.
1: Yeah. It was, it was good though. And Pauly, e., I didn't, didn't got to talk about Pauly, e., bro. Like, he's just amazing.
0: Oh, he he went,
1: he got so intricate. To talk about the night of the Skywalkers, when it was 89 there, so it was three years prior, and he was like, I know you got that knee brace on because your knee isn't all together. It was fucking amazing, dude.
0: Oh, Paulie comes out with his own racket.
1: Yeah, the, the
0: crowd roars and rises for Cornette. That is a baby face pop. That Absolutely. is baby face overness.
1: Absolutely,
0: um, a Tuxedo match. I got it. It was simple. I liked the idea for its age.
1: I feel like it was uh, it was like a buffer, something for the crowd to have fun with in between the uh, like like the uh, the seriousness of the matches that were to come. Like they they had real like what I liked as a kid about NWA, WCW, or whatever is that their feuds they they seemed like real it seemed like there was real animosity between some of these guys you know what i'm saying
0: oh absolutely the, like it seemed
1: said, like it seemed like when they when they when they cut the promos and they came out to the ring like and they started fighting like these dudes hated each other and want to kick the shit out of each other
0: absolutely it's it's with the NWA and Memphis and Florida, and you know, those territories. Watching those for me, when I watch it, I'm like, Yeah, this is wrestling 100%. What I'm watching right now is the most entertaining thing I can watch. These people are trying their asses off to get me to believe this shit, and some of this shit they're really hitting each other at the same time. But it was so right. taken, so serious, and I'm not saying everybody was a hard ass, they're going to beat your ass. No, there's a lot of different characters. I mean, look at Gorgeous George in the 50s. But I'm just saying that everybody took what they were doing serious and didn't want to ever look stupid or phony or goofy. And that's Absolutely. what represented so much of.
1: I mean, this was the probably one of the goofiest things on the show, but it was still fun. Uh, there was Powder. And there was Paul Lee running away in his underwear. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was great. It was great to see Corny win. And I did put down, he kicks powder in his face. And the telephone on the knees I liked on um, yep. the knee braces. That was a really good part of the of the whole match. They were working that, and Corny was falling. Corny was selling like no tomorrow. I have yep. to say that. He sold so well. Probably one of the best sellers on the whole show, actually. People I was just can say, away by him inside the ring. I was so
1: surprised. People can say whatever he, whatever they want about him now like I don't always agree with the dude. Uh I don't always like what he says, but that you know what? That's that's how he feels.
0: Absolutely and he sticks to a it. A
1: lot of people a lot of people take out of context the things that he says, but uh it he hates the president like everybody else. He He's, he doesn't shy away from things that are going on. I mean, I don't like, I don't necessarily like, it's kind of like the rules of this podcast. I don't necessarily want to hear, like, even if I agree with them, I don't want to hear the politics, and he spends, like, the first 30 minutes talking about it in his every podcast, which is fine. It's his podcast. But
0: uh I agree. That's the one downfall of him is the politics. It's like, keep them to yourself. I don't give a shit. I love but from everything. The 80s,
1: 80s to the mid 90s, Jim Cornette was fucking fantastic.
0: You're right. I, I didn't even like, like, I'm talking before he was going off about Trump. I just never liked to hear it. when he had that Alex girl, oh, I didn't sure. like to hear it either. I, I just oh. didn't care. It's like, it's this isn't my business. I'm not coming here for this.
1: Yeah, she was the worst, dude. Yeah, I, I was really excited when I found out that he had a podcast. Like, was had to have been like almost 10 years ago now maybe uh but when he yeah the especially when he had the the woman on there alice uh he talked good great deal about politics and i i kind of stopped listening because i was like this is not enough about what i like it's more about politics than i care to listen to
0: me too that's when i stopped listening for a little while and then even it originally didn't he have what's the guy's name MSL, from.
1: Oh, you know what? Yeah, speaking of that guy, I I, I like I liked all the. I don't know if they still do them anymore, but I used to listen to that quite a bit. I liked the one that had. Uh, that had Court Bauer MSL, and they'd have Conan.
0: Yes, I remember what you're talking about. That was yeah. that flagship show.
1: That was a really good one.
0: Yeah, it was Conan was good on podcasts.
1: Yeah, I think he has his own now.
0: Oh yeah, keeping it one hundred.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like Conan too, man.
0: Yeah, he's cool.
1: I used to like how he would make fun of MSL all the time. Actually,
0: <laughs> he was fucking J Brown, you were fucking J Brown.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're getting off the pay per view here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> always, always, all right. To- and rails. Like this, next
1: match, this next match, I mean, I I don't know. I can't hate it. It's the fuck it's it's Prime Steiners versus the Varsity Club, which is Mike Rotunda and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, I mean, Mike Rotunda, better known to people probably as IRS and Bray Wyatt's dad. Uh, this it hit, it
0: hit minimal. Was, on.
1: Yeah, this was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And it was uh it was it was just fucking beatdown. It was just fucking a bunch of fucking hosses beating the fuck out of each other for a few minutes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um the the Gary Hart promo beforehand I really enjoyed.
1: Oh yeah, Gary Hart Gary Hart is a fucking throwback dude.
0: Underrated. Very so so
1: much. Underrated. Like, he, a, forgot- he, uh, he wrote a book before he died, actually.
0: I read... What was it? I'm up to like 70 pages in it. My Life in Wrestling with a Little Help from My Friends, it's called.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: Dude, him starting... Oh, we could All right, we, I should stop there. I'm not even going to say anything because I could go off about Gary Hart for like an episode. <laughs> anyway, I put um, Rick Steiner, No Cells, Like a Motherfucker. The Crowd comes alive to chant the dog chant for him and the steiners win
1: oh yeah yeah
0: it was cool to hear that it was like wow they really like him like scotty's just kind of you know there you know what i mean
1: dude i love the steiners when i was a kid bro love them
0: yeah they're great together
1: yeah uh this was also the beginning of what was kind of a theme on this pay-per-view for some reason. Uh, Rick Steiner came out with a dog. He sure did. And then somebody else later in the show brought an animal out too. Or a reptile, yeah.
0: Something of that nature.
1: I don't really remember much about this except for watching Kevin Sullivan clearly put both his forearms up when he was going to get hit in the face with a chair. And every yeah. time someone botched taking a chair shot, JR would quickly cover it with, I don't think he got all of that. I think he got his arms up to try to block it.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we have Sting and Eddie Gilbert. Oh, We're yeah. Against, you know, Gary Hart and Muda.
1: Yeah, i um- Sting, Sting cuts a Sting promo. I was,
0: I put bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean that, that was that was Sting in, in early in his career and through what it, what it was like the mid nineties. It was just, it's what you call a Sting promo. He's coming out. He's gonna talk really loud, talk about how he's gonna beat whoever he's playing. He's gonna hit you with a couple, uh, cup his hands to his face and go woo and whatnot. Yep. But uh, I, I want to talk about Eddie Gilbert, who I think is someone that was taken away or, or left us a little too early like that guy. Mm-hmm. He was probably as much of a genius as Paul Paul Heyman when it Absolutely. came to – That's a lot. When it, he, was, he, was, he knew what to do. He knew the psychology in the ring, and he was – as a booker, I think he booked USWA – uh, he was also a booker a little bit with WCW, I believe. Uh, and that guy, that guy, he's a very smart guy.
0: Yeah. Um, Eddie was, I liked how Eddie was here to help with Gary Hart. Just that little part in there before I get into Eddie. Oh
1: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. It, that was cool. Yeah.
0: That was like, this shit makes sense. That's a bit, that's a big thing. I always like when shit makes sense, but nonetheless, um, Eddie Gilbert, the weird thing about Eddie Gilbert was he was obsessed with Jerry Lawler. And as you can see over time, he was dressing like the king with the hat and yep. with the wand or something, the cane. I, it looks like a wand to me. I'm sorry. I, uh, uh, I
1: think it's I think it's called uh, a scepter.
0: Scepter, scepter, sorry. Fucking yeah. macho man. Jesus, I feel bad for saying that now.
1: Uh, I just had said- that literally just popped in my head when Macho Man had the scepter. yeah, when he was Macho King.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what clicked, Macho King. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, Eddie loved Jerry Lawler, and he was obsessed with Memphis, you know, especially growing up and stuff. And his wasn't his dad Tommy Gilbert a wrestler, too, in Memphis?
1: I First, Yeah, I believe so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he grew up. Seeing some of the best wrestling in the country, you know, and most some of the best wrestling in the world for that matter at the time because of how many people watched it and how much they sold out and stuff. So he really learned from the best, and was able Absolutely. to run with it and just keep going until, you know, he met his demise. Sadly,
1: I the only thing I have for this match is I thought that it was really good. But it was also really short. It didn't seem like it lasted very long. It seemed like they were just getting into it and the match ended. But the end was cool. I liked the end.
0: I have tons of notes on this. Go for it. (laughs) I put... It was a cool entrance with Muda. And just how the Pan thing happened. With the drums and stuff. And a light bulb went off instantly and went wrestlemania sting oh i get it
1: can i tell you something Uh uh-oh the moment i saw the two people in the gong that is literally what popped into my head that's crazy holy right dude i didn't even think you were gonna say that i thought you were just gonna say oh his entrance was cool i didn't think that was I didn't think that you had a note for that, and that's actually really cool,
0: <laughs> right? I can't believe that, dude. It's nuts because it was just like, oh, stings here. Oh, oh, th- there it is. This is looks familiar, right? So that's yeah. where it came from. Absolutely. Oh my god! I mean, probably came from, but most likely, I mean, makes sense. Absolutely. The place went wild for Sting. That was another big pop in the show. I mean, they loved him so much. You know, he was, was so, so- um, They get into the match, and Muda misses an early moonsault, so they're already teasing the moonsault. Uh, Gary Hart's doing very, very, very well in this match, keeping Muda on point. Like, Muda was going to go in the ring, and he stopped him real quick and then said, all right, go. You know He's always watching out and doing more. That's the thing with managers. Yep. A lot of them wouldn't do a lot, but the great ones constantly were getting involved, whether it was physically or verbally. You know what I mean? It, it worked yep. so perfect, him and Muda. Gary just was flawless in it almost. It was amazing. It's like, yes, that's exactly what you should be doing. This shit makes sense. There you go again. Um, Muda... Miss the ref with the red mist. Great spot. Great. Then he hits the suplex and he only gets a two count. You're like, wow. Fucking Sting kicks out of the moonsault. What the fuck?
1: Right, right.
0: Sting wins with a fucking back suplex. A back suplex. Muda can't win with a fucking moonsault, which was like, didn't he invent the moonsault or something? Or that I- was a move known for him?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the first time
0: seen in America, at least.
1: But this belly to back suplex was like the fucking the talk of the match because they didn't know at first. It, it's it was one of those finishes where like there was another ref there to be like no 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 this happened. The other ref was like no 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 this happened. It looked like for a second. Sting had his shoulder down too, but then he bridged up. But mm-hmm. before they got to three, Muda put his shoulder up. Yeah, but, but the ref, but the ref, um, the ref said that Sting won, and, and Muda, which was a which was a cool touch because it comes back later. Uh, Muda took the belt and just it, it just took the belt, and walked out.
0: That's for sure.
1: That was that was actually a really good match. I, I honestly thought it was a little too short though.
0: I do too, I agree. Um the, the ending though I did like. I just the suplex itself, I get why they did it. But at the same time, Muda is backflipping. I don't know. I just think a moonsault would be more devastating, but I get the finish. It does make sense.
1: Um, yeah, oh absolutely. So the uh total package. Yeah, big flexy Lexi.
0: Oh jeez, I have one uh, note. The ending. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm oh, not even saying <laughs> it. You can take this one. I mean,
1: the moment, the moment you saw the promo with Luger, which was not so bad. Like we've uh we've had uh, this running thing for this pay per view. Made sense for the whole of the match, but Luger. Put the extras on it to make it sound important. Where he was like, "Look, I'm not going to do this unless you put that disqualification stipulation back in." He's like, "I had my lawyers on that shit." He's like, "I just won't do it." He's like, "So you you got it's got to be it's got to be uh it's got to be official or I'm not coming out there with this belt. I'm not defending it. I don't give a shit." And uh, yeah, this is where. <laughs> Then this match is, this is where the Ricky Steamboat entrance, uh, he comes out with a fucking Komodo dragon.
0: Yes, that's who it was, you're right. Him and yeah. the dragon. The dragon.
1: The, the only thing that stuck out to me during this match was that Steamboat was putting it on Luger, and it just seemed like Luger wasn't really selling.
0: That's why this match was just deader than a doorknob to me. He I usually was selling I, like he was a big I, man.
1: Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 you're fine. It was just he was no selling like he was a big man or he was like in Japan or something, or you, you know what I mean? It was stupid. It was who are you to not be selling Ricky Steamboat? Have some respect, you asshole.
1: Yeah, like. In the beginning, Ricky Steamboat was putting it on him. Like they got outside the ring, uh, he was chopping the shit out of him, and he was just taking it. And then, like, there would be a series of moves from Steamboat. Steamboat hit like a uh, an atomic drop. He Luger kind of jumped forward and didn't really sell it, and then immediately like. They went back into the ring after all Steamboat's offense, he rolls him back into the ring. Immediately gets up and knees Steamboat like nothing happened.
0: Oh. Every time I watch him wrestle, it just pisses me off.
1: It's just weird to me that that guy just he just looked like he looked like a wrestler, dude. He looked perfect for wrestling. He just. Sometimes, I didn't hate Lex Luger, but, like, I think during this time, I don't like Lex Luger. Like, the when he went back to WCW, like, you know how he was was fucking in WWF, and they're like, surprise, first Nitro, he pops out. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I like that Lex Luger. Like, um... He was tagging, like, during that time, he was tagging with Sting, and then they, like, when he first came, they gave him a nice singles push, man. He was, like, throwing everybody in the rack. He, it was crazy. It was good. It's good shit.
0: Yeah, that era was a hell of a lot better. I think that was, like, one of the best eras of his career.
1: Yeah, but here, I I don't like Steamboat at all, dude. Oh,
0: Jesus Christ. I'd rather watch a
1: it Fox go- fucking... It fucking goofy. It's goofy finish, bro. Like It was
0: just trash, the DQ finish and stuff. It was just like, come yeah. on. It just wasted our time. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I mean, you knew it was going to come into play, dude. Like, the the whole big deal was about adding it back into the match that it was disqualification. So, you knew something. But
0: yeah. it
1: was, uh I didn't like it.
0: No. and then I wasn't a big fan of it either.
1: So, did you okay? So, before we go to this next match, did you have a chance? Did you? I remember you saying you want to go back and watch it again. So, did you have a chance to watch it again, the War Games match? Or,
0: absolutely, I um, I took up uh, I would say a full page, half on one, half on the other.
1: Fantastic,
0: yeah. Uh I saw. But I was kind of, you know, dozing off a little bit. And then I kind of came back for Flair and Funk because it's Terry Funk and I always have to watch him. Um, It was was such a great match. And what mattered the most is how they set it off with Mike Hayes still talking, Michael Hayes. Um, Mm -hmm. The Bad Street song was really cool. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, I like like hearing that that song. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, the motorcycles I really liked. The place fucking exploded. I mean, that was like a nuclear bomb went off when the Road Warriors came out. It was funny
1: amazing. Cause, cause Terry, it's funny because Terry Gordy was talking about dropping the bomb.
0: Yeah, it's that was that's what the Road Warrior pop is, man. I mean, what a definition of it. It was just phenomenal.
1: The thing that stuck out to me, was when they start when the Freebird started the promo, and Michael Hayes was like, It's none of this means anything because we got what you want. And he was like, You can, he's like, Let's take both your hands. You put want in this hand, and you put you know what in the other hand. Let's see which one fills up first.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's, you know, he could still talk even out of WCCW. He still could talk, man. He had it.
1: Yeah, that guy's a talker, dude. He's, he's, yeah. I, you know what's funny. I remember the, the first memory of the Freebirds I have is uh, from that movie, The Highlander, because uh, in the beginning of it, he, the the main character, he he ends up somewhere. It's like a big arena, and they're having a wrestling match, and he he's like going after some some immortal guy to cut his fucking head off or whatever. And they're in an arena, and they're him and this guy are fighting in the parking lot. But they keep cutting to what's going on in the arena, and it's a fucking it's it's a match, and it's a it's a wrestling card in the freebirds. They keep showing the freebirds wrestling.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, it sounds
0: familiar, but I don't um, know
1: so Probos promos phenomenal on both ends. I mean, the road warriors i I thought the the face I mean they're both were really good but the face promo was was pretty fun uh they they like uh the 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 heels were all together and then the faces kept like taking turns like uh should we call it oh they the, the midnight express was talking and then said they would like mention dr death and he kept like fucking acting like he was flying across the screen yeah. I thought it was cool, and then it just flowed really well. And then the Road Warriors came in and they cut that classic, like, Jell-O-Balk! wow, oh. <laughs>
0: that's weird. I fucking
1: do <laughs> my, my favorite shit. I love it.
0: Oh, it's, it's amazing. Fuck them, too.
1: This match was really good, and there were really little things in it that made me happy. Like, uh, when they started with the first two people. But all the, they, they didn't, like, have the guys come out individually down the ramp. All the guys were at ringside. So they started out with the first two. I believe one was Bobby Eaton, and I forgot who the other guy was first. But uh, it was Jimmy, every time Bobby uh, – huh? It was
0: Jimmy Garvin.
1: Okay, it was Jimmy Garvin and Bobby Eaton. But every time Jimmy Garvin knocked Bobby Eaton down by the ropes – there was a little part of the cage that was open and Michael Hayes kept grabbing Bobby Eaton's hair and pulling it yes. and shit. And I thought, little cool shit like that, man.
0: Oh. They used the cage well, that's what I put. They actually used the cage as a weapon because this was a real cage match. It wasn't one of those matches that you can escape and blah, blah, blah. No, it was to confine two people or two groups of people that really wanted to fuck each other up.
1: Um, am I mistaken? I don't think I'm mistaken. I think, I think I'm think i right here, but uh, Fatu is Rikishi.
0: Yeah, that's Rikishi. You're right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. It was too too uh, familiar in the face. Damn, that guy was in good shape before he became a fat ass.
0: Yeah, I know, right? The stink face, fucking Maya's obsessed with it.
1: Yeah, that's I showed her <laughs>
0: it once, and she just she's constantly talking about it. Like every time I see her, she's like, "Yeah, Dad, uh, yeah, i was showing uh, my cousin the stink face, my mom the stink face." I'm like, "What?" Showed you at once. Yo,
1: what a weird thing. What a weird thing to be obsessed with.
0: <laughs> it just caught on.
1: <laughs> what a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um animal does well without Hawk. That was another thing when Animal comes in. And the Freebirds team up on Bobby. It, it's just oh, it's perfect how they team up. Um, Bobby and Gordy going at it though, their punches were right on the money just works of art the way they were punching each other.
1: Terry Gordy is one of my favorite lesser-known wrestlers. Like, I, he, uh, I like, I always, it always makes me think about those ECW commercials in between the, in between the matches, and they're like, witness the battle of the Bam Bams when Bam Bam Bigelow takes on Terry Bam Bam Gordy. <laughs> yeah. Puck- yeah. Terry Gordy was fucking. Terry Gordy was fucking awesome, dude.
0: Yeah, he was. I think he gets underrated. The only people that talk about him are people of his era.
1: They gotta be yeah, or like you gotta be like a like hardcore wrestling fans for sure.
0: That too, you're right. You gotta know something
1: <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and and on the topic of Animal, um, singles wise, like there were times when uh, Animal and Hawk. I mean, there was a. I mean, if anybody saw that. Dark Side of the Ring thing, you would know that uh, sometimes there was a point where they wrestled singles, and Animal, I always thought Animal was a little bit better than Hawk as a singles wrestler. Hell yeah. You got any more notes on this one? Because I didn't, I never, you know what, here's my problem. I didn't take any notes. I'm just trying to go by my memory right now. Ah,
0: I see. <laughs> and,
1: sometimes, and sometimes, when you when you uh, throw your notes in there, I'm like, okay, and then it all and then it all starts flooding back into my head. I'm like, oh yeah,
0: you got a pretty good memory, though.
1: I mean, I just watched it today, so it was.
0: Yeah, you're right. It is today. If it wasn't, if you didn't watch it, and then you did this, that would be. If soon. I
1: was watching it a few days ago, I absolutely would have took notes.
0: Yeah. Um, what I had is Dr. Death does this body press on Gordy. And uh, it wasn't just the fact that he did a body press, What what really made it awesome is he was body pressing him into the cage and using the cage, like I said. And this was a constant thing about it. It's always seen as just this enclosure, but it also can be used as a weapon from time to time, too, if you know how to do it right. That I really appreciated, and it was showing his strength. Jim Ross. Dr. Death. Dr. Death. He's pressing him. He's pressing him. He's pressing him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? He's losing his mind over this.
1: I mean, I think JR put put, uh, Steve Williams, Dr. Death, Steve Williams over more than Dr. Death could put himself over in the ring. That makes sense. For sure. Not to take anything away from him, because that dude is was a legit tough guy. Like, that guy You're didn't fuck, that guy didn't fuck around. You're right. A submission in this match, yeah, which was which is weird for a war games. Uh, anything else you want to throw in on this one?
0: Um, the small came in strong, and the fans were counting down with Hawk, too, which was really cool. Um, yeah. Dr. D in Midnight with LOD for the win.
1: Hell yeah. Um and then I guess I I don't remember what was in between this, but then we get to the main event. Oh Ric Flair. Ric Flair, uh Ric Flair was out here cutting a classic Ric Flair promo. Great promo. Also a rare face promo he was the face of this one.
0: You're right. And with Terry being a heel too is just
1: oh phenomenal. And, and yeah. Heel Terry is the best Terry. I mean, no, I mean he he had that voice. Like he would <clears throat> I feel like he had he just would switch it up enough when he was face or heel. When he was when he was face, he really, really like pandered to, like I wouldn't say pandered But he would get the crowd like behind. He would say some emotional shit as a face, man. Like it would get people riled up. But as a heel, he was just a son of a bitch, man.
0: Yes, he was.
1: I I Um. actually do remember what set this up, and it was uh, the 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 classic fucking Flair steamboat for the title, and uh, Terry Funk was. Terry Funk was the announcer, and after when the match ended, Terry Funk just went in the ring and started destroying Flair, and he ended up pile driving him through a fucking table outside the ring.
0: Is that what started this feud, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the uh, fuck, dude, I he was know pressing Tuxedo,
0: tuxedo around there, and that's when he almost paralyzed him. You're right.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a, sh- it was a pay-per-view in chicago i should know this dude because a lot he of people talk flair about
0: and steamboat that's what it yeah. was
1: yeah yeah it was i but i'm trying to remember the name because it was like a fuck like people always talk about this match between flair and steamboat dude and i can't remember what the fuck the name of it was god damn it Hold on, i can go back up here because this this thing talks about the storylines all right here we go Okay, now I see. All right, so it was at Wrestle War. Flair defeated Steamboat to win the title, but after the match, after the match, uh, yeah, Terry Funk was commentating. He came in and challenged Flair for the title. Flair didn't want to didn't want to defend against Funk because he was not in the top ten contenders, and then. He snapped and attacked Flair. Pile drove him through the table, and that that at that at that time Flair was a heel against Steamboat. Terry Funk, pile driving Flair through the table, turned Flair face, and then they went on to um, uh, before this pay per view, Funk was Funk was fighting uh, match fighting matches against local guys. And it put him, and, and, it, and it made him uh, fall into the top 10. Uh, so that, I guess, I guess that inf- got uh, lit a fire under Flair's ass. And he came back and requested that he get to defend the title against Funk at the bash. That? It's That's some genius shit. Yeah, now,
0: who do you think came up with that?
1: <sighs> I don't know. Terry had sure. a hand in it. What's that?
0: I would say Terry had a hand in that one, along with Dusty. Was that Dusty's time, right?
1: 89? I I believe so. I don't... It's, it, it, it's very confusing, some of the timelines... Who was booking? But yeah, probably Dusty.
0: It had to be. It was so intelligent. There's Jim Hurd couldn't have done it.
1: Well, was he was uh, Jim Hurd was like the president or whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know he if wanted
0: you wanted cut Flair's hair. Yeah, no, he wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet. It was '89. My bad.
1: Okay. I am. But that was. A really, really fucking good, like story right there. Holy shit!
0: It really, it really was, and it gave it enough backstory to make this serious and really feel like a world championship match.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's what. That's another thing you missed. That big fight feel, where it's like, all right, these two guys are going at it. I gotta see this. This is gonna be really good. Like, yeah, this is it right here. This is the shit.
1: Oh, in my in my bad, okay, going back to earlier when I was talking about the match that everybody talks about how is their like one of their top one of their favorite matches. It was it was Flair and Steamboat at the Shy Town Rumble. Uh but the but the um the thing with Flair and uh funk happened at Wrestle War. but it was it still was Flair and Steamboat fighting.
0: Yes. And then he came after and he sucked them in the ring. To start, yeah, with, the
1: shy town rubble was like a fucking goddamn was a barn burner Whew. for sure. Uh, this, this was your uh, like adding Terry Funk to your traditional Ric Flair fucking match. It this this was a real good match. These dudes fucking went in, Flair was bleeding. It was just it, I I feel like there's everything you want to see in '89 with Ric Flair, and you had Terry Funk come in there as like a fucking hot heel. People want to see Terry Funk get his ass kicked. They
0: sure did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hell yes. Like, come on.
1: Um, all my me- all my mental notes are about the end of this fucking pay per view. So you
0: know, f- um, Funk comes out with Gary Hart. Yes. And the cops. And the cops. That's what makes it
1: even better.
0: <laughs> he's he's oh, not just Gary Harry. He's got the cops with him. He's the only guy in the whole fucking pay-per-view that has the cops with him because he's so nuts, you know, mentally.
1: I, I, I wanna mention I wanna mention that uh this is my favorite iteration of Terry Funk. He comes out with like a drug rug. Yep. <laughs> this and the uh, obviously the classic like uh the, the classic striped tights i like terry funk I like the the red and uh the ecw terry funk oh
0: yeah you could uh smoke it it's uh <laughs> um you
1: know you know who does the best impression of terry funk Of uh, fucking mikey whipwreck
0: oh god that's great have what? you oh stevie
1: have you ever listened? Uh, uh, Mikey whipwreck and Jerry Lynn have a podcast.
0: What?
1: Oh, my God. What? It's fucking awesome, dude.
0: I had no clue. No clue.
1: And, and Mikey Wiprack does fantastic impressions of wrestlers, dude.
0: I would have just... never known, man. Especially Mikey whipwreck I didn't think he was really around anymore. I thought he was just training people and being quiet, you know?
1: Uh, yeah, I believe he does that, but, uh, he, uh, he does, him, Jerry Lynn have a podcast. I haven't I'll listened have to, to it, it in out. a while, I'll but check it out
0: because I need something to listen to at work.
1: Oh yeah, definitely check it out, dude. It's, it's really good. It's actually really funny and super entertaining. And sometimes they have guests. Like I remember, uh, they had Lance Storm on one and it was really, it was a good one.
0: I like listening to him talk, Lance Storm. He's He's, oh, yeah, yeah he gives you a lot of he's, facts. He's a smart he's dude. Nice. But Absolutely. Flair comes out with women. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Oh, no. Go ahead, man.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, actually, yeah. before Flair comes out with women, when Funk comes out and you actually get to see his face, instantly you look at him and you go, oh, this guys he's ready to fucking go. There is yeah. no bullshit on this guy's face. He's ready to fucking kill somebody. The believability is off the charts, right off the jump, instantly, right in your face, and it just draws you in and goes, here you go. This is the crazy guy. Watch this guy. Never take your eyes off him because he's just going to do something wild. Um, (laughs) Flair enters in with women. Of course he enters in with women. They have a real great back and forth going at each other. They tease the pile driver a lot, which I love. Because of prior, which you said in the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chi Town and stuff.
1: Psychology, baby.
0: Exactly. Psychology, another thing that it's missing today.
1: A little bit, a little bit. Some people, yeah. I mean, some people get it. Some people are, you know, spot fest time, but there's that still some. <laughs> well,. <sighs> I think I really like uh, good. I haven't really seen anyone like there are people that do spots a lot that like I don't know I just like them. And Darby Allen's one of them and the other person that was like that was Jeff Hardy. Like it was just something about them, man. You know what I mean? It's
0: the connection. And you know when Darby did the ladder thing on the AEW that we talked about before, I mean it made you believe it. You don't get that anymore. But with these two, you sure as hell did.
1: Oh, absolutely. These dudes, like, even without any, like, even if you don't have any context leading into it, uh, you could tell these, like, man, these dudes wanted to fucking kill each other, bro.
0: Exactly what I put. It, it felt real. It felt like a fight. It felt like a contest. It felt like a blood feud. Like, no matter what, somebody was getting fucked up. At the Absolutely. end, nobody was coming out clean. And nothing was going to be clean about this. This was just going to be down and dirty, fighting and just coming at each other as hard as they can.
1: Absolutely, dude.
0: Absolutely. It, and Funk is a true great. He, like I said, I believe him. He sells amazing yeah. every time. And them just face to face, squaring off in the ring, looking at each other alone is enough. To just go, wow! This is what greatness is all about.
1: I, I think the only thing I didn't like about this match was that the end, the ending was a was a roll up.
0: Yeah, I didn't like that either.
1: But I mean, I guess I mean judging by the end and Flair cutting the promo, uh, Flair cut a goddamn classic too. Uh, after the match, there was a brawl that went on for quite some time. Uh, Flair and Flair and uh, Flair and Funk just kept going after the match was over, all the way down to the ramp. Uh, then Muda came out, and then to, to to even it up, Sting came out. So it brought that full back full circle. And then once they ran off, Muda and Funk. Flair started cutting a fucking promo that only Flair could cut um he He starts cutting a promo and realizes things behind him and goes, "Hey man, thank you. I haven't said thank you in <laughs> ten years, so there's that <laughs> <laughs> and he proceeds to t- he proceeds to talk about how, how he this was just the beginning he was not done with funk and that they were going to continue this so i mean i guess the rule in in that sense the roll up made sense because it was kind of it wasn't it wasn't the uh, end all be all it was kind of a blow off even though i mean it was great match but like the finish didn't seem right but it was kind of a blow off because they were just they were going to fucking keep going thank you pal
0: we just started, pal.
1: We just got warmed up. After two and a half months, I'm just breaking. I'm just sweat. So, wherever it is, and pal, it'll be again soon. I'm going to tell you
0: something. I'm going to dog you until I wear your Texas ass out. Woo!
1: You're right. It- and this was really close to when I started watching uh, WCW. So I know this led to, pretty sure this led to Sting becoming a horseman. And then they eventually fucking turned on Sting. And like it was like a Clash of the Champions or something.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And
1: that's yeah. when the first time I really watched WCW, the the first thing I see is this clash and... Uh, I, I, the Sting, which it broke his leg, but yeah. they still, they still needed him because later in the night, it was a cage match with the Horsemen, and uh, Sting came down, and tried to climb the cage to attack Flair because they had whooped the shit out of Sting when they were kicking him out of the Horsemen, and I think that's when he broke his leg at the end there. There's like there was something I watched where um they told the story it was like an accident I don't think and they were and it was like Sting or Ric Flair were telling the story they were like uh, I didn't know I think it was him he said he didn't know that Sting broke his leg and they were they were like supposed to bring up the ramp and they were trying to tell him that Sting broke his leg but he wasn't like they were in the heat of the moment and shit so yeah. But man, that was actually like for randomly picking a pay per view was not a bad one to watch.
0: Not at all. Um, Funk did something that, yeah, oh for sure. Um, (laughs) Funk did something that mattered a lot. He got piled, okay, but instead of staying there, he rolled out to we rolled out of the ring instantly.
1: People oh do- yeah yeah that yeah that's another big thing, yeah.
0: And the mist Muda mists flare.
1: Wait, what what happened?
0: Didn't Muda mist flare?
1: Yes. Yeah yeah.
0: And that was another I, yeah. part- that stuck out to me. I was like, all right, that's cool. He got Flair and shit.
1: Yeah. Flair had green shit all over his face after the match. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was, it was a great pay-per-view and it's about almost time to wrap it up. I would say.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I think the, uh, I think maybe the only downside, like the only downside of this pay-per-view, was definitely that tag match, uh, the Spivey tag match, and uh, uh Luger and Steamboat could have been way better.
0: I agree with that. It was it was a lame match. Spivey sucks dick. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna, find I'm gonna find more Spivey. I'm gonna make you watch it. I'm gonna I'm going. To- I'm going to the Spivey
0: catalog. Alright, I'll see how bad he can botch. It'll be it'll be fun. I'll be <laughs> shitting on him while I'm watching it.
1: I don't really know how much longer he was in WCW, honestly.
0: I don't I don't think it was much longer because I don't remember seeing him on television like in the nineties.
1: I mean I vaguely remember him tagging with Taker. And then Taker was gone. They stuck. They kept the name, but they stuck. They stuck him with Sid. And then after that, I don't really think. I don't know how long he was there. Honestly, yeah.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, what stood out the most for you? What was your top match?
1: Mm. Um. That's a good question.
0: I know there's two I'm playing with. <laughs>
1: I, I liked, um, I liked the main event and I really liked, I really liked Brian Pillman and Bill Irwin, dude. It's
0: a really good match.
1: It was. Uh, I think I'll go with the main event because my favorite part of that main event was the brawl and then the promo that, that wrapped it up. Like it was so good.
0: It was done very, very well. It was great to see people come out and fight, and then, you know, you had to back them up. And that's another thing that you don't see these days, really, is where's these guys' friends backstage?
1: Yeah, I always...
0: do does it more, but they kind of overdo it in a way sometimes. But a lot of times, you're standing there, and you're going, where's their buddies? Why are they just getting fucked up? uh,
1: Something that stands out to me is, like, Edge just getting destroyed by Randy Orton. Like nobody likes Edge. Yeah. Got got no buddies back there. Like everybody's like, "Oh my god, I'm so happy you're back!" But uh, nobody, nobody got nobody. Just gets laid out. No help.
0: Sense. Exactly. It's just why, but I guess that's what you get nowadays that's
1: why we have I to, I don't how to watch that shit yeah. i feel like anytime we any, i mean we're gonna talk about probably wrestling's a topic like every fucking week but uh i feel like when we talk about it we're only really gonna talk about older stuff unless something wild happens i mean we i mean we'll talk about aew i mean i still yeah. got to watch that i still gotta watch this week's episode too what was it today uh or yesterday was the uh, the first night of the fighter fest right
0: it sure was, and I can't say I worked to you.
1: Yeah, you, yeah, you can't, dude. I I know nothing about it, so I got to I gotta watch it.
0: Yeah. AEW, I watch. Um, SmackDown, I watch with my daughter, but I take it for what it is. Once oh, yeah, in sure. a while, sure. they'll have something really good on there, but most of the time, it's a lot of the same old, same old. Seamus constantly calling Jeff Hardy a junkie is just became hilarious to me because my daughter can imitate Seamus pretty goddamn well, which is funny. (laughs)
1: That's awesome.
0: All these comebacks, and you keep trying to make comebacks, and there's just sooner or later you have to realize you're never coming back, Jeff. You're just a junkie. She just keeps doing like she does it better than me. And it's fucking hilarious because she remembers the promo so well of Sheamus. And Sheamus is just like the biggest asshole on the show. But that's pretty much yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's pretty much it. Matt Riddle's on the show, so it instantly makes me be like, uh eh, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the guy, so
1: Dude, Matt Riddle can go, dude.
0: Yeah, but I just the, the character itself turns me off to him.
1: Bro. bro, but bro, <laughs> I remember I I I started to, I saw him on the Indies, man, and I thought he was uh I they they were like yeah he's a former UFC guy and this and that and I was like oh here we go, but then like uh, I watched him wrestle and I was like holy fuck this guy's taken to it like you can go and, and uh, on the Indies it's funny he used to come out to a remix of Warren G's fucking regulate that's funny. Yeah, it was it was it was actually a de- decent remix too. It was pretty good.
0: His in-ring ability is is good. It's just I can't get over the douche.
1: Yeah, at some point at some point I think uh like that character is silly to me. Like he's it's almost RVD like. Yes. Um but I- I feel like he's going to have to, like, like, at some point he'll have to tweak or change his character. But the guy can wrestle, man. I, I like him. You know what I like better, though, is uh, Keith Lee. I like that guy.
0: Keith Lee is great.
1: Yeah, he's fucking awesome, dude.
0: Um, Matt Riddle is looking like a world beater because his first match um, on SmackDown, he, 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 beats beats
1: right?
0: yeah, he beats AJ. Yeah, he beats AJ. It's like, wow. But Keith Lee, big, athletic. Um oh,
1: basket oh. is glory. Oh. All right, yeah, you want to wrap this shit up?
0: Damn right I do. It's getting yeah. late.
1: We're getting tired. I know, I know dude. I got to get up at, like, fucking 530, so.
0: Oh, dude, I fucking, I feel like an asshole.
1: <laughs> no, you're not an asshole. You're not an asshole, man. It's fine. Dude, I, when I work work it's like i had two days off so, so the first day i go back i fucking it's like i don't go to sleep like normal and then after the first day i'm like if i can get minimal i'm like yep i'm gonna be going to bed at like nine o'clock tomorrow so <laughs> it's all good
0: i get it but this is uh episode four the great american cast we're gonna close it up i'm matt
1: yeah, I, I just wanna I just wanna thank all the listeners. I didn't know I didn't think that many people would listen as as much as the stats say, which is very cool, especially with download and stuff. So, friends, do something. I'm glad we're entertaining people. Happy about that.
0: I am too. I'm glad you said something about that. I I don't know for some reason it wasn't crossing my mind. I feel like a asshole. I play. But I I appreciate I, I, all the people. The head head yeah, yeah. And seeing it, I haven't gotten the report on. Oh yeah. It. We'll see how three played out.
1: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Let me know. All right. We we'll out.
0: Out. America. <laughs>